know, perhaps one of the most difficult Sundays to preach on is the, uh, the Sunday when we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Trinity, because, of course, even the church says it's a divine mystery. So we want to get very precise as preachers about this great feast day, uh, so we, lest we become heretics or something. And so this morning, when I gave this homily to the a confirmation candidates that are on retreat, I turned to the second page, and the second, third, fourth, fifth pages were all blank. I hope it goes better this evening. That's all I have to say. I have so much admiration for several older priests in my life that have ministered in the church for five, six, and one, even seven decades. And even though their secular peers have long since retired, they are still busy at work in the vineyard of the Lord, saying masses, hearing confessions, counseling people, and so on. Interestingly, they all seem puzzled by their long lives. One in his 90s often says, I don't know why I'm still here, as he looks out the window as if he's longing for Jesus to be walking down the road to take him home. Another priest says emphatically, he can't wait to die. And I'm like, what? It's inter- it isn't that he has some sort of death wish. Rather, he's so curious and excited to meet our Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know another older monk that is called out of his monastery to do retreats in other monasteries. And when he comes back into the monastery and discovers that perhaps another older monk has died, he says, what? The angel of death came to visit our monastery and I wasn't here. He's frustrated and annoyed. It's strange to hear such statements. In our largely unbelieving world, we're used to conversations about the fountain of youth and living forever. We don't look, want to even look old. We don't want to be old. But it seems to me that the holier the person, the more they long to encounter our Trinitarian God at the end of their lives. Comparing this longing to human relationships when we love another human being, it isn't enough just to know that they exist off somewhere else or even that they could uh, even love us in return via some sort of uh, long-distance relationship, for example. We long for a relational experience of that love. We want to sit and hold hands and talk face-to-face. Those who've experienced genuine love know what this means. Those in relationship grow exponentially, and there is a sense of closeness and a presence that lightens pains and sorrows and the difficulties of life. Peter, James, and John came close to that experience on the mountain known as the Transfiguration Mountain, on Mount Tabor. That is, before their eyes, the human Jesus seems to disappear into the brilliance of his divinity. And they realized that Jesus was more than just any other human being. He was divine and also part of a divine family. So we can understand why Peter who was so excited, didn't want to leave that mountain where he's experiencing this intense presence of God. He tells Jesus that he wants to stay there forever. Let's set up three booths and stay here. Tents. Camp out for all eternity. But the other, Peter and the others had to come down the mountain because God had things in store for them. That He had a mission for them to go and preach the good news. Throughout history... Others seem to have have experiences of our Trinitarian God, but only for a moment that changed them forever. For example, St. Augustine had a momentary mystical experience of the presence of God 
and he longed for that presence to come to him again until the end of his life. In 1273, St. Thomas Aquinas was celebrating Mass when he received a revelation about God that was so affected him that he refused to write any more of his very famous Summa Theologica that is considered a theological masterpiece. To Brother Reginald, his secretary and friend, objections, he replied, the end of my labors has come. All that I have written appears to be as much straw after the things that have been revealed to me. St. Therese of Lisieux, also known as the Little Flower, had the experience of a deep relationship with God for most of her life, but in the end lost that feeling of God's loving presence, but through God's grace moved that relationship to even deeper levels. These great saints remind us that God doesn't expect us to have the experience of his indwelling presence all the time. He knew that this fullness could only be given to us after a lifetime of trying to love and deepen our relationship with him and with other members of the body of Christ. In other words, it is impossible to fully comprehend the mystery of the Trinity during this liturgy. The full experience of God is not for us during this life. It is our reward after a long lifetime of trying to love God and others. This is the reason why Jesus commanded Peter on their way back down the mountain of transfiguration, don't tell anyone what you have seen. Part of it was he didn't want to confuse or make others jealous. The Feast of the Holy Trinity that we celebrate today then is a total mystery and is not clearly explicitated in the Bible, but our belief was developed by the early church fathers based on sacred scripture, as we even hear in our gospel today, that Jesus prays to the Father and promises the guidance of the Holy Spirit, thus revealing this Trinitarian mystery. When we ponder any mystery, we usually just want to figure it out. But the Trinity is not a problem to be solved. It is a mystery to be lived by us every single day as Christians. Our desire to be in a relationship with others is ultimately our desire to be in relationship with our Trinitarian God. The church invites us today to reflect on this incredible mystery that is one God and three persons. Interestingly, psychologists say that our concept of God is in large part the concept that our parents imparted to us by their behavior, which is why parents must strive so hard to be godly. For, for example, if parents are severe, the God their children believe and perhaps worship may be one who they fear. If parents are loving and accepting likewise the opposite, their children understand, have an understanding of God as being kind and merciful. If our parents spoil us and did everything for us, our understanding of God will probably be one whereby we can do what we want with few expectations. So unlike the priest in the early part of my homily, many of us think about our final judgment with fear and with dread. If we're afraid of our mysterious God, we need to face that fear and seek to know him better and deepen our relationship with him. We also need to seek to be a loving presence to those around us, embody, embodying godly attributes. On this Feast of the Holy Trinity, when our world faces violence, war, anger, 
discord. Let us ask God to give us the grace to live more like the Holy Trinity in peace, in love, and harmony. May our Trinitarian God bless us and keep us. May he help us model, then, what we receive each and every day of our lives. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.